0: Welcome to Deconstructing Conventional, a show that's unafraid to challenge the status quo. We are eager to question our assumptions, to find wrong turns in our thinking, and take on controversial topics. This show is brought to you by True Whole Human, a coaching business that helps clients find the first principles that lead to better health and better living. I'm your host, Christian Elliott. I'll do my best to stay curious and humble. You do the same, and we're both bound to learn something. Welcome to the show. Prepare to have your thinking stretched. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of the Deconstructing Conventional Podcast. I have toyed with the idea of doing a podcast for years, and it's exciting for me that today's finally the day. So what I figured I would do here in the first episode was just give you a little bit of background on who I am and what this show is all about and why you might be interested to stick around. So if you are looking for, I guess, one label to describe what I do or what my wife and I do in terms that kind of best fit us. It's probably a health coach. Uh, I've also been called an investigator or excavator or life coach, nutritionist, trainer, a lot of different titles have fit me over the years. But the tagline we have for our business is that we coach the whole human. And as I go on, that will make more sense. But I guess you could say that one of the areas we specialize in is holistic thinking of of looking at the big picture and, and trying to find the signal in the noise, trying to find the best principles and the fastest path to get someone well. So um, where as you know, most of the health world, I would say, is kind of focused on fragmented thinking or siloed niches. And um, really what got me into health as I was sick during grad school, I had you know probably half a dozen different doctors I went to trying to get well. I had some joints that were degenerating, shoulder and knee. And, um, I was probably sick about four times a year, fairly significantly, that would just take me out. And None of the doctors really seemed to help. They'd give me different medicines that would give me a cough or that wouldn't make me feel well and um, just got frustrated. And then shortly after my wife and I got married in 2003, we uh, went to a chiropractor. One of her bridesmaids went to one and I thought, well, shoot, nothing else is working. Maybe I'll give that a shot. And a short version of that is that chiropractor blew my mind. He took my paradigm of health and turned it upside down. He had a series of educational videos and a you know practitioner skill set that really just helped me heal. And as I reflected back on some of the biggest influences that led to where we are today, there was really two main influences that came from that initial experience or two powerful things that really kind of shaped the trajectory of the business we've ended up building. So the first was going through that experience really gave me a different level of skepticism toward conventional medicine and the food industry in particular. And so, um, you know, it kind of led me to wonder what other things do I not know about? Well, how was this one person able to so dramatically change my health, whereas all the other doctors I had been to before couldn't move the needle. And so over the course of time, I've I've probably tried close to four dozen different healing modalities by now. I became so fascinated with the what else do I not know, that it led me to really explore the world of, I guess, what you'd broadly call alternative health. And so what you find is if you look at any particular healing modality, they usually will have what they'll describe as the latest breakthrough and the smartest doctors and the most suppressed truth. And all you need to do is find their one discipline and use it and All of your dreams will come true. And that, you know, over time, being a student of health and not just being skeptical of the medical complex, but being, having, taking that skepticism and saying, why do all of these different disciplines claim to be able to help in ways? And then at the end of it, they often deliver, but their delivery tends to not match the intensity of their promises. And I also found the same thing true in nutrition. So one of the things that chiropractor did for me was help me think about nutrition and use it to heal my body. He challenged the assumption that food doesn't have anything to do with your health, does it? And sure enough, it it has a lot to do with it. So I went so far as to actually go get a diploma in nutrition. And I remember one day, I'm studying for my test. I'm looking at all we're trying to memorize all the vitamins and minerals and amino acids and fatty acids. And I'm coming up with mnemonic devices to try to remember all of them. And, And we have to be able to report back what these different nutrients do in the body, and then which ones need each other. And I remember at the end of it, I looked back at just step back from my notes and thought, so basically, our body needs all of the nutrients, and they kind of all need each other. And when you look at that, and you're trying to remember it, and you're trying to think, how would I practically help someone heal their body with nutrition when they basically need all the nutrition in the right amounts, and it starts to become obvious that you have to have a different way of thinking there has to be better principles there has to be a simpler approach than take a blood test and then we're going to just supplement every single nutrient you could need and hope for the best there's got to be a better way to do that and so this led me to studying just about every dietary philosophy at the time atkins and south beach and blood type diets and keto and paleo and a Daniel fast and juicing, and you just do aloe, or there are books like The Thyroid Cure or The Leptin Solution, right? If there's one gland that we need to focus on, or there's one hormone like leptin, and if you get that figured out, you'll be skinny, rich, and happy, and then it's about this gene or that gene or the perfect superfood, and you just you go down the rabbit hole of nutrition, and by golly, it's one of, if not the most confusing Set of science disciplines you've ever seen it's it's science becomes this sledgehammer that different facets of the nutrition community beats themselves up with and it's one of two topics really in the health world world where it almost becomes religious it becomes you can't question my science, and if you do there's something's wrong with you and it's odd that a discipline that's supposed to be helping us unearth truth actually becomes a wedge. And so that just became fascinating to me looking at how many different approaches to nutrition there are. And it forced me to zoom out and think at a different level about how could I really help someone. And what I found is most nutrition information is kind of more nutritionism or health isms, right there. Studying nutrition made me really skeptical of overly simplistic claims about what science said was the perfect answer to the perfect food or the way everyone or most people should eat. And I had to step back and find different solutions. And and the challenge with that is that, you know, one of the the big platitudes in health world or in business in particular, is that riches are found in niches. And I would argue there's definitely some truth to that. If you want to be able to serve a specific community and you can niche down, often you can find the people who appreciate that niche. And while riches can be found in niches, the challenge we have with health is that health is not found in niches. And I didn't want to be in the business of creating results, not typical scenarios where people come to me and they just have, they like, I'm hoping they're at the precipice of this, this one thing that I have or this paint corner I've painted myself into. This will be the thing that finally helps the people who need me. I wanted to be able to do what that chiropractor had done for me. I wanted to be able to create an inflection point. I wanted to be in the business of creating breakthroughs for people. And for that, I had to think differently. I had to say, what is actually creating the problem and how can I simplify some of the solutions? So what I found pretty quickly was that selling lifestyle change is not an easy sell, right? Most people would rather just know, what foods do I need to eat to get rid of toe fungus? Or what are the best exercises to burn belly fat? They're not necessarily looking for or interested in the upstream problems that are creating all of the downstream situations or symptoms they're dealing with. So what we did from there was we kind of pivoted into the fitness realm. And sure enough, what happened is people don't want to pay you to show up three times a week and tell them to manage their calories or macros or eat more fiber or whatever, but they will show up two or three times a week to put you put them through a workout. And that really turned our budding health business into a a, a sustainable business. And fitness interestingly became the waypoint into the world of health that gave me the privilege of the opportunity to talk to people about their health situation, to be able to look at the things they were trying to accomplish and take them about as far as fitness by itself can take them. And eventually they get tend to become more interested in maybe I should drink more water, maybe I should manage my diet, maybe I should try to go to bed on time, maybe it would be helpful if I reduced my stress and figured out why I can't make it on time for my appointments. And it really just gave me more and more opportunity to understand the human condition. And there is probably not an excuse that someone could throw out or that you could throw out that I've not heard yet. But an interesting thing about the fitness industry that I reflected on was that there's probably no industry within the entire health world that spends more time one-on-one with people personal trainers do. I I can't think of any profession that does. Chiropractors, nutritionists, doctors, like you, you go to the doctor, you get five minutes of half listening and a pill every few months. Like that's kind of the extent of what they do. Well, I've spent years for two or three hours a week working with the same people and you really get to know their stories. And so um, short version, we took that business, we, we grew it from 400 square feet to about 10,000 square feet, we had a brick and mortar location for about nine years. And we incorporated just about, you know, a lot of the main holistic disciplines you can think of chiropractors, nutritionists, acupuncturists, naturopath, massage therapy, uh, we had a bunch of trainers and just about every type of group fitness you could think of. And we integrated that. And what happened in my thinking was I got to appreciate the angle that those different disciplines brought to this person, and I became less and less attached to which one made the difference and more interested in trying to triage this person and their situation and what would actually help them the most. Because I could make money off whichever thing they were doing, so it didn't really matter to me. I just wanted them to get well. And sure enough, over time, it, it, it slowly occurred to me that I can have the best practitioners and the best doctors and the most solid exercise or nutrition program, and yet... If I don't understand the person who is in front of me, if I don't understand the complexities of their life and their emotional baggage or their insecurities or the things that that unique individual brings to the table, if I don't have a framework to inventory and help them understand themselves— I'm going to be very limited. I'll still stay in the results not typical lane, even with a big team around me. So toward the end of our brick and mortar era, we really started transitioning more into the life coaching and to looking at people more holistically and trying to understand how would we coach them around life, not just health and fitness so that it, it started broadening the way that we were helping people. And so fast forward a little bit that we had to unexpectedly close that business. Very painful chapter. I've, I've written about it on the blog, so I won't get into it much here, but. crucible of of slugging it out to transform what we knew into a virtual business. And I, I kind of found my sweet spot of coaching the whole human. That's really our tagline. And now I just get paid to be curious and help people really find the first principles and f- to find truth, to find the, the better answers that can solve the reason their health has started to manifest symptoms in the first place. And I get to help people who are finally ready. I I tend to collect people who feel like they have tried everything. They've been through the gamut of all the different disciplines, and they've worn out the medical merry-go-round. and They're tired of the symptom management that is prevalent in even the alternative realm. And they're looking for—there's got to be a better way. And most of the time, the the sentence or the statement that for things to get better, you have to get better— that doesn't bother them. They're, they're ready. They're finally ready to say something I'm doing is not working. And maybe I need to look at this more holistically and see if I can go far enough upstream to really figure out what's causing this. Why am I uninterested? Why am I unmotivated? Why can't I make myself do what I know I want to do? Or how do I sort through this confusing landscape of fitness options or nutrition options? Well, how do I get over my aversion to exercise? And I know I should drink water, but I don't. And I don't know why. And I want to do this, but I'm insecure about going to this gym or t- and helping people have tools to know themselves. That's really where I've ended up. And the beautiful thing about when someone comes to that stage of readiness, I guess you could call it, there's A beautiful place to just kind of sit with the complexity of being a whole person, of having ambitions and history and wants and schedules and perhaps kids or whatever it is that makes claim on their time, to sit with that complexity and then to find the simplicity that's on the other side of it. It's so refreshing to spend the time saying, okay, we're going to slow down so that we can speed up, so we can look at this and actually find the levers to pull, actually find the Particular aspects of life where, if I got this buttoned up, if I improved my marriage, if I improved my relationships, if I improved my confidence at work, if I was better about saying no or saying yes to things or figuring out um, what habits I needed to put in place first. And I get to solve so many other aspects of life, and life just gets sweeter and sweeter the more you take that approach. So um, that really is kind of the, the quick summary of the work that we do today. And then as we all know, along came COVID, right? So COVID was this whole different animal that, you know, most of us did not see coming. And an interesting part about my journey through that, this COVID era, we'll call it, was, you know, I had friends and clients who were not uninterested in my perspective on whether or not they should take this shot or what was actually going on. And so after writing, you know, several emails and personalized this and sending out all these links. I eventually said, you know what? Maybe it would be easier if I just put all of them in one spot so I could send this to people or just refer them to this article so I don't have to keep answering individual emails and and so I somewhat reluctantly published an article with all the reasons I was not going to get the shot. I ended up with 18 of them. So um, that article, 18 Reasons I Won't Be Getting a COVID Vaccine, went viral beyond my wildest expectation. And um, what it really did for me is it it emboldened me to realize there's a lot of people that appreciated the way I talked or the way that I laid out what was there. And it wasn't attacking. It was just like, here's why this doesn't make any sense to me. And the the wave of thank you that i got from that or the um continued admonition to keep writing or to speak out um really just kind of wooed me into the freedom fight i wasn't really looking for that i'm i'm a health coach and i help people you know create the breakthroughs in their personal life but that um reality of i'm a husband i've got six kids we homeschool i i don't want to look back on this and say you know what i was too cowardly to do anything or now that i understand more of what's going on In this world, I I can't bow out of this fight, and so that has I say that to to say basically that the podcast itself is really going to have two different tracks. I guess you could say there's there's the health track, and that opens up so many fun, fascinating conversations that I will take all over the place, and really enjoy questioning my assumptions and those of other people. But also sovereignty, right? There's a there's a play of. Personal agency. When somebody comes and tries to infringe on and take away your freedoms, and has on-off kill switches that are relevant to your life, we can take your job if you don't do what we say. We can turn off your channel, and we've been censored for some of the things we've had to say. Um, it tends to rile up the fighter. The, the globalists so far have not figured out that censorship is the best way to spread a message, right? You want to, or persecution. Like if you, want <laughs> the early church spread more when it got persecuted. You want to persecute a religion? That's how you're going to make it spread. So. Fortunately or unfortunately, the globalists haven't figured that out, and I'm interested in, in being in the fight to do right by my kids and my family and to honor those of you who appreciate that I, I may have some a way to say that can build bridges rather than create walls. So um, sometimes this show will have guests. Sometimes it'll just be me. Sometimes my wife and I will join uh, other person and interview them, but um it'll be a hodgepodge of a lot of different topics, but it'll be related to those two things: health and sovereignty. So I guess I want to in summary just kind of give you kind of three of the main guiding principles or or ways that we hope to be salt and light in this um podcast space. So the first thing is is what we are about or what we're attempting to do here is really just some first principle distillation, right? If you you don't know what first principles are, it's basically, it's the idea that there isn't a question that comes before this, or there isn't a perspective that we need to back up and say, but what about this? We can reason from the first place, right? The first principle, like water runs downhill, right? The sun will come up tomorrow. Seeds will still want to grow. People will be consistently people. Human nature is fixed. Like there are some things we can reason from. Aging is a thing. Sorry, we're all getting older. None of us gets out of this alive. Like those are some examples of first principles. Like, don't lie, don't murder, don't steal. There's some there's some good places to start and build a framework for how to live a great life. And so this podcast in general is our attempt to pass on some first principles, because at the end of the day, we all want the same things, right? We all want love, and we all want to be respected, and we want to know that our life matters. We all need to eat. We all need to—we we want clean water and food and air. And so as we focus more on what we have in common and less on all of the ways that we're being attempted to be divided the number of lessons we can learn is dramatic. So another way to think of it is when you buy a book, right? You're you're buying years of someone's hard-won wisdom where they slug it out and try to articulate concepts. And so I'm I'm basically gonna pull from about two decades of life in the trenches, trying to help people build better health and better life. And I just get fascinated by the questions that are here. And so I've, I've been affirmed over the years as, as being a teacher, someone who can take hard concepts and kind of make them relatable. So you can say, "Ah, oh, I never saw it that way. So I hope to help you speed up the process of finding the first principles and then realizing the implications they have for a better life. So the second thing I guess I wanted to pass on was just, or that I hope this space reflects well, is just a place of humble fascination. So you know, part of my experience working as a trainer was in the DC metro area. And um, I lived basically in a different political culture. I lived in a place where a lot of the ways I saw the world wasn't the way the people that were paying me and helping me earn a living saw the world. And so in that space, I had to learn how to relate to these people. I had to learn how to earn their respect. I had to learn how to, say, in my opinion, land the plane of how I saw the world and have them actually appreciate it and thank me for being civil and level-headed and, and helping challenge their own thinking. There's there's nuance to doing that, and I hope I deliver that well. And the best way I can describe it is is humble fascination. It's the realization that I, don't, I certainly don't know everything. And instead of being frustrated or defensive or self-loathing, I can be fascinated by what's going on in their life, in the world, in this interaction. And in that space, I hope to model civility. I hope to model fair, non-hysterical discussions around topics that are sometimes going to be little touchy subjects and sometimes feel like eggshells. And I hope to at least demonstrate a way to do it um, so that All of us feel a little more empowered to wade into difficult conversations, to wade into our own internal emotional landscape sometimes and turn the mirror back on ourselves and say, oh, how do I stay fascinated instead of being frustrated? How do I put down my sword and my shield and be humble, and try to hear what the other person's saying. I hope I, I can model that for us here. So uh, lastly, the third thing is I I hope this podcast will be a source of what I'd call hopeful realism. Um, I am not going to bring you topics where I just am going to berate you with fear and, and be afraid of this. And um, I'm not even going to talk about topics if I don't have a hopeful perspective on it yet. And There aren't many topics I'm afraid to cover where I just, I don't see what's actually going on here. So um, I'm going to have an eye for the relevant news that's going on, but I'll approach it with, huh, okay, that's, that happened. Now, what do we need to do? So one of the ways I think about hopeful realism is to, is to realize that, you know, nothing of eternal value can be taken from us, that our act of defiance to people who want to Uh, steal our joy, to make us afraid, to bend our will and force us to do things in in the globalist agenda headspace. It's just our act of of defiance is to retain our sense of joy, to laugh, to love, to build and to create and to take this world as our little sphere of influence and the small amount of control we actually have in this life and do something with it and to be focused on where we're going and what we're building, not on the fear they want us to have. Their biggest fear is that they are irrelevant. And, and we're going to give them that we're going to help them realize that they don't own us. And to do that, we have to stay hopeful, we have to be able to focus on and orient our compass toward what is true and praiseworthy, and what is noble. And so I hope this place of this podcast will be a place where that is demonstrated well. So um, anyway, I hope to make this an ongoing discussion. So uh, one place you can discuss this is on our free speech friendly social channel. It's true whole human dot social. Uh, we're actually quite active there, and uh, we're reachable. We've always wanted to be a personal brand, right? You can actually reach out to a person. This isn't the Comcast vortex you get sucked into, and. You can't ever get a hold of someone. We actually are reachable, and if you know if it gets too onerous and I can't comment on everything, so be it. But we at least want to be available. So uh, truewholehuman.social is a place that we can just keep the conversation going. Uh, the only rules we really have for that space is that you, it's be kind, be helpful, or be gone. Right? If you are mean spirited or rude, um, you get reprimanded and then you get kicked out. So th- this is we want this to be a place where you can passionately disagree with me about anything, but if you're kind and respectful in how you do it, you are welcome here. I want my ideas challenge. I like it because it sharpens my thinking. So just do it in a respectful way and you'll find it's a safe place. So uh, the other place to keep the discussion going is inside our memberships. We have actually two hour-long live calls every month where members can just discuss all things health or nutrition or cooking, fitness, relationships, worldview, sovereignty issues, what's going on in the news, uh, all of it. Anything that's relevant to helping you heal or helping you move past fear is relevant for discussion. So, um, and side note, I might hide some Easter eggs occasionally at the end of episodes. So once in a while, stick around to the end of the show after the outro, and you might find little surprises for you there. So that is it for episode one. I hope that gave you a sense of what's coming, a little bit of background of who this crazy man is talking to you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Deconstructing Conventional Podcast. If you could use a coach in your corner, check out our membership offerings and personal coaching options at truewholehuman.com. To stay current with our latest episodes and offerings, subscribe to our newsletter. And if you want to keep the conversation going or suggest a guest or podcast topic, visit us on our free speech-friendly social channel, truewholehuman.social. I'll see you in the next episode.